0: Welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to former baker turned medtech entrepreneur Suzanne Maloney, a recent Irish Times Business Person of the Month in association with Bank of Ireland, about how her Galway-based business has developed a novel dressing system aimed at people suffering from skin disease HS. She talks about the realities of starting a medtech business and the opportunities that await Hydramed in a global wound care market worth 23 billion euros.
1: I moved to Galway to do an accelerator for six months. I thought that I'd just be there for six months. And then at the end of the accelerator, I pitched and and met actually my colleague Conan. And I pitched for some additional funding from Enterprise Ireland. And I was successful in that. So I was, Conan actually eventually came to work with me. And then um, we hot tested in Galway for about another six months while we were fundraising. And then we hired someone else. So then we were like, okay, we need an office. And it just, it was a, so it just kind of, it was decided for me, I suppose, that it was going to be a Galway-based company. But at the same time, Galway is such a med tech community. It makes mm. sense to be there and and the right kind of support network is there. And
0: Tell us a bit of the backstory. So you were working as a baker and you developed a skin condition. Um, tell us about that skin condition and, and, and just how, how many people it affects in the world as well.
1: Yeah, so I, I actually developed HS or hidradenitis suppurativa when I was a young teenager, but I wasn't officially diagnosed until I was like 22 or 23. And, uh, in that whole time frame, I had been to, from doctor to doctor trying to, um, to be treated, I suppose, but the doctors didn't know what they were trying to treat. They were just treating me for acute skin lesions and abscesses. Um, so I was having, uh, short-term antibiotics and steroid injections and, and some minor surgeries um, throughout that, that period of my life and uh, eventually was diagnosed by a surgeon who was just so baffled by it all. Um, but yeah, so I went to school, I went to college and studied culinary arts and I worked as a chef. Um, I was interested in pastry, so I began working in pastry, the pastry section in a few different restaurants and realized I kind of wanted to work for myself and um, opened my own bakery then actually in 2012. And in 2013, I had this idea for a wound dressing to help me manage my condition. Um, because the wounds and lesions that are formed because of the disease are, um, they drain quite a bit and they require regular wound care. So I always found that a very difficult part of the disease to manage. It was it, It's very painful. It can l- limit your mobility. You um, endure chronic fatigue and various you know, other complications because of it. But one aspect for me was just managing the actual wounds. I wanted to get out and about and live my life. And I didn't really want to be worrying too much about a dressing falling off or leaking. Um, so the idea struck me after an event a party, actually a hen party, <clears throat> where the dressing that I had on my armpit fell off out of my top. And I had just, it was kind of the last straw for me. And I mm. said, there just has to be a better way. And I approached a product designer myself and we worked on it for a couple of years, but I didn't get very far with him. And I suppose I was very inexperienced and and uh, kind of trying to learn as I went, but not in the right, um, I didn't have the right network or the right support. So eventually, and I was actually an old client of mine who I'd made their wedding cake for, um, suggested that I go and work with NCAD um, in their medical device department and get an innovation voucher from Enterprise Ireland, and that's kind of where I was set on the right path. And I was able to develop a prototype after after a while working with NCAD and the the various teams in there, and I took the prototype to, then to the Health Innovation Hub, and. Um, who gave me a lot of guidance and and support and suggested that I apply for a MedTech accelerator called BioXL. That was the new accelerator based in Galway. And I'm from Dublin, but I I said I'd be willing to move to Galway for six months to see if I I was accepted onto the programme and to give this a shot, you know, to take a proper chance on it. Because this is, I've been trying to get this off the ground for five years on my own and just not really getting anywhere so i was accepted onto BioXL, thankfully and it all kind of took off from there um so that was meant to be six months but it 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 turned into uh i suppose me moving to galway full-time and setting up a company in galway on campus at the university and i haven't looked back since really
0: tell us about the product you developed so so you know, people were people who had the condition um, were obviously using t- traditional dressings. And I, I understand that your product was adhesive-free. Is that right?
1: Yes. So actually, and I should have said, so HS affects at least 1% of the population of the world. So the prevalence rate varies depending on the, the research that you read. But the consensus is around 1 in 100 people have this condition. And there's varying stages of it and varying severity. So not all patients will require wound care, but a lot of them do, and there's a significant burden on the patient. And um, the most commonly used dressings are adhesive dressings, where you're applying <clears throat> and removing adhesive um, dressings um, every, every day, sometimes multiple times per day, and that can really damage the skin and the surrounding skin of the wound, which is already incredibly sore and painful anyway, um, and inflamed. So it does a lot of damage to patients, and the majority of patients um, that I've interacted with experienced damage, skin damage from, um, from, um, yeah, from adhesive dressings. So it's a big problem. And part of the reason why I was really compelled to keep going with what I was doing was actually speaking to other patients and realizing that, you know, it was quite a big problem for other people and not just for myself. And um, that no one was really doing anything about it.
0: And that sounds like a huge market. I mean, how, what's the size of that addressable market? If we think of one percent of the population of the world, I mean, in terms of money, I mean, is that is that, is that have you ever quantified what that could be?
1: Yeah. So I suppose again, it depends on the research and, and what what you're basing your figures on. We've based uh, our our market our, our market analysis on variable um, prevalence rates in different countries and patients actually in treatment. And in our target market. It's Around half a billion euro, but globally it's over a billion euro of an hmm. opportunity.
0: And what's next for the company? Um, so I think you raised a million euro in in, in the last year or so. Uh, what what what's the next? Plans for for funding? Do you, do you see yourself going international for funding? And also, what kind of priorities have you set for the company in order? You know, if you if you if you go to the next stage of funding, what what do you need to do in terms of producing and manufacturing the product?
1: Absolutely. So our first. um our first line of products are now on the market, and that's, there's four different garments. Um, they are a, a female top, a male top, um, actually a unisex T-shirt top, um, and male and female briefs, and then the dressing pads themselves. So when they're all used together, they fix and secure the dressing in place, and there's no need for adhesives to attach the dressing to the skin. So that was our key priority in, in the utilisation of the funding that we had, uh, we'd had we raised uh, the commercialization of of those products and um, various IP projects um, and to secure reimbursement in in some key markets, so that the product can be available through health services, not just um, not just direct to consumer, so that we wanted it to be accessible to as many patients as possible, like there are patients buying it online um directly themselves, um, but we know that there's there's patients in in not as not in not in a situation where they can they can exp- spend the money themselves so and um, we're trying to make it as accessible as possible and we've had a bit of um, progress there in the last month we've been listed on the pcRS in Ireland so it's available now to medical card patients and patients on the drug payment scheme, which is fantastic and um, our key priority now for the for the remainder of the year and next year is um replicating that in other key markets like the UK, Germany, the Netherlands and the USA, which is a little bit more complicated because it's a, it's more of a, a blend of insur- insurers and various payers over there. So we're navigating that at the moment and um, we're hoping to have success in that by the end of this year, actually. Um, we are fundraising again and that is to scale up our operations in those key markets and to expand then into new markets
0: also and the interesting thing is like did you always plan to be in business because um it seems that okay uh you, you 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 took you saw an opportunity in in your own situation but you were already running a business before that so was business being being an entrepreneur always something that mattered to you
1: i think it was yeah i even when i was a kid i was quite entrepreneurial i'd be doing um little cake sales or sales of work outside my house and I used to do bob jobs around my estate, actually. So I was, and I actually, when I was in school, I had a little magazine (laughs) that I used to sell for, I think, 50p or something like that to my classmates. And I did bracelets and hair wraps. So, yeah, I I used to, I've always enjoyed making and and selling things and kind of being quite, um, quite driven. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I had, I grew up, uh, my father owned a pharmacy, actually. So we had a family business and, I, I I used to go in there after school sometimes and clean the shelves and, you know, work in the dispensary. So I suppose there is always, there was in my genes an element of being self-employed and entrepreneurship.
0: And I suppose just looking back on the whole journey, uh, what is it the most, I suppose, when you think about it, each each of those businesses that you formed, the, the, the pastry business and, and, and the current business, you know, they, 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 You know, they, they all take time to build these things. It always takes. There's lessons in everything. But what are the core lessons you've regained as a person in in, in the in the years since you established Hydromed? Uh,
1: and I actually think there's a lot of things I learned in chefing and uh, working in kitchens that translate really well over into any organisation. And um, in particular, teamwork and and um, being prepared. Preparation is. So important if you're not prepared things fall apart pretty quickly um, being able to rely on your teammates and being a reliable teammate I think is really important um, resilience and an organization <laughs> so there are a lot of kind of skills that that do lend itself well to any kind of operations that you're running that you can learn um, in in kitchens um, but I think the the main thing that I have learned in the last couple of years, and in particular when I opened my bakery, was that like if you put your mind to it, uh, like you can, you can, you can achieve things. And I definitely think my journey and in into moving into medtech is a really interesting one because when I was in the bakery, I was the most skilled and qualified, and I knew everything. And then I moved into an area where. I had very limited knowledge and I really had to trust the people around me to, um, to to help me achieve what I was trying to achieve and I still do to a certain extent. I had a very steep learning curve and all of the people that work with me are way more experienced, way more knowledgeable than me and I think that's a big part of um, big learning for me is to trust, to trust people and to kind of allow people to do their jobs and and not try to micromanage everything, especially if you don't know the, uh, the minutiae of the job.
0: Very good. Well, Susan Maloney, Hydrobed Solutions. Thank you so much for your time. That was great. Thank you.
1: Thanks, a Million.